Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of, hey, you don't have to call me a hero, but I ain't no sidekick. No, this acne cream's not working. Oh, that's right. My zits are oozing lava. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, would be, that would be tough. I mean, you'd think that if you had a superpower of lava, either it would clean up your acne or who could tell? No, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about superhero academies and uh, what it would be like to run a campaign, a, you know, uh, a, a game of this, okay? And uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, a number of examples. We're going to talk about what system would be good for ha uh, handling this. Uh, uh, I, I do have two PDFs on teen superhero campaigns i that i prepared for so yes. oh great yeah. we'll get to that yeah, yeah. okay super yep. don't forget it but anyways so when we you know we've talked about kind of like special academies before uh, obviously we're not we're not going to talk about uh supernatural academies so harry potter and uh, wednesday adams and uh, sabrina and all those other ones we're not talking about those okay that's in their own little niche okay uh we're talking about superheroes who go to school and whether their identity is secret or public, uh, that's still up for grabs. Okay, you know, and it may it depends on the kind of um, the kind of campaign you want to do. Okay, because it it does certainly vary. Uh, the uh, so I guess you know the the first thing you know uh, we want to talk about is is that these in, in in most cases, okay, kind of a it's almost a conceit. Okay, of the whole superhero genre is that most people outside of the you know Man of Steel were not born with their powers. Okay, they they emerged. They emerged usually you know in their teens uh, and uh, uh, and times of stress or specific times of stress or, or things like that. Most cases hormone, they don't. Yeah, they don't have changes. them. Yeah. Right, they don't have them the whole time, but there are certainly lots of exceptions for that. Um, uh, Star, uh, I can't remember her the second part uh, in the Teen Titans. Starfire. Starfire. Okay, she's from a race that has superpowers, and she's an well, alien. She was experimented upon by the Scions, which are in the Omega Men comic. So yeah, I mean, she had certain powers, but then the Scions tweak them more okay but so, yeah. i'm just saying is that you know what generally speaking when you talk about a superhero type thing you want every, you know you kind of want everybody especially if you're talking about a campaign because now we're talking about a game we're not talking about a, a narrative we're not talking about a book or a movie or something like that so you know you kind of want everybody to be somewhat on the same level uh, so therefore it makes sense to go and say, Hey, you know, maybe I come from a superhero family or I'm an alien from an alien race, but I got my powers, you know, recently, you know, as far as the narrative of the game is concerned. Okay. And so, you know, and the, uh, and it's kind of hard to say what's the granddaddy of all these things, uh, because I, 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 I would say it's probably the Teen Titans is first, but it could be the uh, 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 it, the I, I new mutants. The new mutants I think came after the Teen Titans. Yeah, it, it did. But if we're talking specifically a school setting, technically the X Men were all young people who were brought to the school, and then the new mutants came out in like the eighties. 
Right, right. Well, the X, the X Men themselves, the the Uncanny X Men. Okay, yeah. they were all teens. The the yeah. original one, of the, you know, the the one of the original superhero teams. Okay, yeah. were all essentially in in most people's eyes children. Yeah, and let's see. Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Beast, Iceman, Angel. Yeah. Right, and uh, you know, with Professor X basically being their leader, uh, yeah. and they. You know, and they were expected to engage, you know, engage in normal educational type processes. You know, like they had to learn about math, and and they had writing classes, and you know, there wasn't a whole. It, it seemed very odd to me, you know, that their Professor X was handling all of their different studies. Okay, because frankly, not everybody, you know, no no teacher is good at all different kinds of things, right. but. Um, you know he did, uh, but that kind of got glossed over a lot. Uh, it, it made a lot more sense in the movie version where they had a lot of different people who were actually teachers, you know, at the school and uh, uh, and were in on the secret. Okay, but originally it was just them, and uh, you know, and and it, it, Professor X knew they had powers. They had just emerged, you know, because in the X. You know, in, in the whole Marvel universe, you know, mutants, their powers almost always erupt, you know, right around puberty. Okay, so therefore, it's they they have a, a an ina a inactive gene, uh, which then activates and gives the, gives them their power or powers depending upon the the design of the superhero. So uh, it, before then. You know, they might have had some flashes, or might have been some strange things happening, but no, there was no sense that they actually had these powers. And then at that point, it was a matter of did they come forth for you know in in, in the New Mutants idea, did, they did not come forth full force, or they if they did, it was explosive and it had to be controlled. Uh, they had to learn how yeah. to control their powers. But it was always with the idea that, you know, though he said, Professor X said, that he wanted to teach them how to control their powers so they could live safely, we all knew that really he was planning on them becoming a superhero team. Oh, yeah. Okay, we... I don't think anybody you know ever thought that there was going to be any other possibility. So uh, and th and the makeup of the X Men because it did mutate over time quite a bit. Um, the uh, made a huge difference in the kind of foes they were able to take on, uh, the, the kind of tactics that they would use, and um, and and really uh, the the kind of relationships they had with each other because originally they were all kind of the same age. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and so they, they were, they were pals, but then later on, you know, uh, and that's one reason why they had to separate them from the uncanny X-Men because first of all, the original group of uncanny X-Men went off, you know, disbanded, you know, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And then they brought in a, a new group of X-Men and then Marvel decided that they were going to start another teenage group of superheroes, which would then, which were then the New Mutants. Now, Teen Titans—that wasn't so much a school. The Teen Titans, all those were—I mean, we're talking the '60s ones. They were all just the sidekicks of the Justice League. You had Speedy, Kid Flash, Robin, Wonder Girl, Aqualad, and Aqua Girl. Um, Supergirl was not a member. I don't know why they didn't put her in there, but you know. But it was all these just teen sidekicks and they were together and they decided okay we're gonna and i mean yeah the justice league was they were training them in a way but it wasn't a school or academy per se they were just a superhero team of teenage superheroes some had powers some had gadgets you know some had training like robin you know yeah yeah and 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 so they were basically educating themselves yeah because there was they weren't going to any other school to, to get, you know, the, the normal education that the rest of the world would have, you know. And, and, of course, arguably you could say that, you know, didn't matter because <laughs> it's like, you know, they uh, uh, it wasn't like they were ever going to be wanting for a job, you know. Because, you know, in most people, you know, high school, originally high school was basically your top education, okay? That was supposed to prepare you for life. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then people said, well, 
okay, but then you know you're while you're doing that, you're also going to become you know uh, a journeyman apprentice in the various union guilds and things like that for electricians, pipe fitters, you know, so on and so forth. And so you would somewhat, you know, uh, be doing both of those. And of course, it was the, the feeder for the military because then you had ROTC. Uh, yeah. And oh, oh, yeah. We apologize to our, our military listeners. I know that you do not call. I've had friends who went through ROTC and I said that. Oh, the look I got from my friend Marla Frozen. ROTC, folks. Okay, they they called themselves ROTC when I was in school. Okay, so oh, I, I'm okay. not, I'm using a term that, if it's a dead name, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay, it I was, guess that would be the best term. It yeah. was the term that they were using. But anyways, um, and then it changed over time where it was kind of assumed that Everybody who could possibly go to college would go to college. Yeah. And so it became a prep school for college. Yeah. All right. So, you know, so depending upon the point of view you take about high school, you know, what what you're supposed to be able to be once you graduate can be very, very different. Okay. Um, we essentially, uh, in, uh, with, in associated with TriTac, and we had we had an earlier episode. We talked about the fringe born and the fringe academy, and what we uh, you know, yes. and we some, yes. some of us called them fringe brats, whatever yeah. you know. And and the idea was is that children of explorers who were very very likely to become explorers, okay, would be raised in a um, in a specialized program to essentially gift them with as much knowledge skills and things like that so they would be basically more success more prepared than most people who were out there when they graduated in other words turned 18 17 depending upon you know what you know what you consider okay because otherwise you know um and and and, and i had a lot of fun with that because uh one of the adventures that i ran was a a, a whole bunch of, of kids that were part of the fringe born and they were being sent they were given to an ex, an experienced team to go on a basically a picnic they were supposed to go to this world supposed to run around there's supposed to be some dinosaurs there you know just have a good time you know go camping now and of course it it turned into this what a mess. I don't want to talk about. It. <laughs> yeah, it would take for yeah. You know, we and I think stars are still rather new to Mister Shepard. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, but the point was is that I they were all you know the the players were playing the adult team members. Okay, I had to play all of the kids. Oh. So I basically had to use all of my uh, per perception skills uh, regarding what my son had been like uh, and what I remembered being like many, many years ago, but especially what my son and his friends were like, okay, when he was in high school and saying, how would these kids act? You know, these privileged <laughs> kids you know uh you know uh, and and i and and they were like super super obnoxious okay but in a way that mostly it was like why don't you know about this you know like why don't you know how to use your phone the way we do or how it was you know why don't you why are you still on facebook when everybody else is on instagram or is already on you know on twitch and everything else what why are you behind you know you know you how can you how can you teach us when you're like clueless and and so I did a lot of that with them. So and there was a lot of okay boomer going on. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> in, in that sense, okay, they're all going. Well, we don't need to know any of that stuff because you know we're you know we're explorers. You know we're you know we're we're out here doing whatever. And they're like, well, okay, fine, but you know you're you're not making it easy for us to to to, to trust you and to rely on you because we don't feel any you, know, you we feel we don't feel a connection to you you're like this other species you know of 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 humans you know un, unlike ourselves and, and they made them a really close-knit group because essentially they all their identification was with each other and not with these adults much like all the identification you know, in high school is with each other and not with, let's say, the teachers. And yeah. certainly not with the administrators. Yeah, no. Okay, so it, it, it's, uh, so that's one of the things about creating the, uh, I think, uh, creating any kind of a campaign which is going to be taking place in a uh, academics 
somewhat academic setting is is that there's going to be a big dichotomy between the people who are supposed to be in authority and the students, you know, uh, whether or not their powers are manifest or not. Okay, so um, anyways, the uh, uh, so that was one of the big things that I, I, I learned. And, uh, I, and I must say, I had a really good time playing the kids, you know, uh, and uh, I, I kept... I try, uh, at one point, I even tried, I said, you know, to the players, if you want to, you could have taken these kids on as sidekicks. To, it made them permanent parts of the team, and they didn't want to do it. Because <laughs> apparently I'd done too good of a job at annoying them with these kids. <laughs> so, uh, you know, anyway. I want this little brat as a cohort? No. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, where, no, it, where, where are they going to come from? You're going to be hearing about them in a couple of years. Yeah. And, yeah, so. And anything they do, everybody's going to look back at all of you adult explorers. Yeah, it's like, oh, he taught you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that Team Six didn't tell us, teach us nothing. <laughs> yeah. So was, or no, no, they mess up, and it's like, you know, the... You know, General Baroden back at Hatsumi Base. Who is it that taught you again? Oh, Team Six. Oh, oh, Bojo Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, they would lie to cover their butts, you know, and, and things like that, which, which you know, is per, you know, is what happens when you have this dichotomy. You know, it's not that they're the enemy, it, but they can hurt you. They can make your life harder, and you don't want that. So, you know, if you, I'm, I'm sensing you did a lot of the role playing also when the your your players as the adult team. It's like, oh God, you mean we got to do this, or we got to use this old tech and all this and. I'm just seeing the word, the hashtag glowing in neon, hashtag first world problems, and these adults are going, you're complaining that you don't have this type of new drink, or you can't wear these shoes, or this type of, you know, leisure wear, or you can't have your lip gloss there, Betty, and it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, but it was also, they, they had all these pieces of equipment that I've been wanting the players to, to use, but I didn't like lay it out in front of them and say, here's all this new tech that you can use, okay? I, I, I've been waiting for the players to say, hey, I want this tech. You know, this would be really cool for my character to have. I want him. Can I get this? It's, you know, this is the late campaign. We're in the yeah. near, we're, we're, you know, it's in the future. You know, we they've been discovering stuff for 20 years now. So surely at this point, some of this tech would be available. And I'm like, when they did do it, I was like, oh yeah, sure it is. Okay. I had the kids using it. Oh, there you go. So the oh, kids, like okay. yeah. So the kids were constantly showing them up under, you know, weird, you know, under weird circumstances. I mean, they were using tech that these players had never seen before. Because rather than you just say, "Here's a list of tech," it makes a lot always makes a lot more sense to show rather than tell. Yeah. So it was my way of saying, "Hey guys, there's some tech out there that maybe you should think about having." They used like one or two pieces of the tech, but they didn't really embrace anything else. But that's and, and, that's and my again, players. <laughs> and again, it's the generational thing. Now, it it it, and I use this example with my gamers as far as generations. My parents, so the late boomers, because my dad is seventy five, my mother's seventy three. They were the first generation that, or no, I think it was my generation. So Gen X, because I'm born in sixty nine. We're the ones. Every one of us kids had a TV, at least one TV in the house. Shelley and Eric's generation, computers. You had a, all had a home computer, a, a laptop or desktop. Top. Now, this next generation that would comprise the first two children, Ramses and Alexis, and they are 12 and almost 10, smartphone. They're using, each generation is going to use the newer tech. And it, it's the old joke of, you know, you've seen the memes, folks. Oh, the boomers that they don't want to have to get a QR code to read the menu. Just give them a regular laminated menu, that type of thing. And it just, we generations are the later generations are going to use the newer tech and often the razzing is there i get it from show <laughs> yes. i'm sure you have gotten it from young mr sheffer yeah <laughs> what you don't know how to do this dad come on <laughs> yeah there, on, there, there, there are there are a few things on my phone that i say here son <laughs> would you please set that up for me 
and we won't get into the whole the other thing about tech the whole oh if it isn't a million dollars you know how to use, that that's something else altogether yeah. right well that's my that's my <laughs> wife she 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 can't fix any piece of tech that doesn't cost a million dollars but but no it's well it's like with shelly when uh, she told me yeah dad i got a thousand thousand followers on tiktok and this would be a text okay explain to the old man what tiktok is dad do you know what a vine is yeah the ab family vines it's a Vine app, God. Well, I mean, okay, good. You're building your own fan base. And it was, Shelly is an anime-style artist. She's known in the con artist world as Backslash. She'll, you know, like, sell stuff at Yomacon or whatever. And so there are people cosplaying the art that Shelly does back to Shelly. So, it, it again, it's the newer tech with the newer generation. So, yeah, you're going to have, you know, like the conversation I just said, where it's like, you don't know what this is, old man, come on. And so with these new teen players that you were playing as NPCs, I I'm kind of imagining you were having fun sitting there busting the chops of the older characters played by your players. Yes. Oh, I definitely yeah. was. Yeah, I was. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just that whole narrative I just did. That's how I'm seeing you sitting there smirking as you're sitting there busting their chops about yeah well and I was doing it constantly but I was doing but but they were all like you know we're not trying to cause trouble <laughs> <laughs> we're you know butter wouldn't melt in their mouths I mean and 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 in some cases they honestly meant it you know they they just simply had different goals than. The team, you know, they, they were basically being taken on a trip, you know, as, as you know, a, a, a camping trip by this team who they didn't know other than by reputation. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, you know, there was this, the standard, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, in loco parentis, in place of parent, you know, where wow. they had certain authority over them. But outside of that, it was kind of like, well, you know, unless you specifically want me to do something at this very second, okay, and it has to be done at this very second, okay, or somebody dies, then I think that I should be able to pretty much do whatever I want. And folks, folks that translates to you're not my real mom. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, <laughs> to the adults, it's like I'm trying to keep you safe on an alien world. And unless I know what you're doing every single second, I can't be sure that I'm on top of things. And so you you have a built-in conflict there. You, you have basically uh, a struggle for control uh, going on, even if you're not trying to do it. Yeah, you know, it's... it's 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 and it's a generational thing and bruce and i know this as parents the younger generation will always butt heads with the older one and it's a way i mean you're you're you hear the different words of trying to assert dominance feeling your oats whatever you know and just yeah these these teen npcs he was playing no they're sitting there you know it's like yeah you're not my real mom i don't have to listen to you and 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 i i'm hoping that oh yes you do yeah yeah considering yeah you're that, with that's the response that's always the response oh yes you do do. Yeah, you bring out the, the on the phone the little thing. See this contract your parents signed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh crap. You get, yeah. you get that. But, you get that. You get that line between the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so so. Yeah, that, that in, throbbing in way, vein in the neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but and and it, it the younger gen. I'm seeing it now with fur and the daughter. Yeah, just. Mm-hmm. And 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 it it Shelley and I was a little bit. And I'm sure that you and Eric, and it's just, yeah, when you have these teen-based campaigns, yeah, that, that butting heads is going to be there because, and now with Bruce and I looking back with <clears throat> decades of experience past that point, it's trying to not so much assert dominance with the parent. We are trying to find our footing as far as our place in this world. And it often comes to butting heads and I've heard in some cases physical exchanges. I have a friend of mine online, his 17-year-old son threw him to the ground. Never mind, this man was a military veteran. But yeah, it's just, you're going to have this in these teen-based campaigns where the teens are going to get a little, okay, you know what? I'm 16. I'm not five anymore. Quit telling me what the, to do, you know? And, and that is something that you... I'm sure has been explored in, oh, I know it was explored in the Teen Titans, the old 60s ones, because you had all these heroes trying to 
assert their their names in the world. Yeah, and Robin, and, and the biggest Robin's, problem that they had with the t with in the Teen Titans back in the day was you had all this drive-by parenting. Yeah. You know, yeah. the superheroes would show up and they would just look around and say, okay, you guys need to do this, this, and this. And they're all like, we were fine until you showed up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, and, and they've gotten into some deep, dark, nasty subjects in, like, the old Teen Titans heading into the new Teen Titans era by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. That's... <laughs> Where more where I come in, I was a I'm a huge fan of that group of type. And you 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 had you know one of them Speedy got into, and this is a big thing for DC. He got into like heroin addiction. Yeah, so I mean they had to get into some dark, deep, nasty subjects. You know, Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, and uh, Roy Harper, Speedy, now Arsenal, and just so they, there were times where the where the adult mentors slash parents they had to you know like come in and put the foot you know put down the hammer as it were because right. the kids got into stuff over their heads right but it's also the fact that you're, you're this is a product the comic was not you know transitioned from being written for children to being written for adults and 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 later adults yeah. okay yeah. so you know and you know and i think i think also it was a diminishing of the comic code authority because right. that's in the 80s where that started disappearing okay where they could breach these subjects more yeah. Right, fair enough. Okay, but the point what I'm trying to bring forth is the fact that you know you're that in, in this campaign that we're, uh, we're we're suggesting you do. Okay, you're going to be adults. You know, it's very unlikely that you're going to have players who are in their teens. Great if you do. Okay, because they'll bring a lot of authenticity. But oh yeah, you're gonna. But mostly you're going to be adults. You're going to be interested in uh, storylines that have to do with you know that are adult. You know, in the sense of have the nuances. Okay, not necessarily adult material. Uh, so as a result, is is that you know we you know it's not it's not going to be a, a, a truly <clears throat> pure teen drama. You know. Uh, like something that might be on Nickelodeon. All right. So, and, and that's that's you know, and that's important that you that you know that going in that the GM understands that that he he, he can't you know because one of the uh, examples of well, uh, one of the examples of of a possible of an actual RPG you know uh, that you can play and I played it many times as a, as a session at Gen Con okay is this super dimensional kindergarten and they have this enormous chart with lines relationship lines between all these different characters that are all basically you know kindergartners or first graders and they all have superpowers and they all have stuff and and uh, but their motivations are those of a 5 year old okay so everything you do has to be you know uh you know designed in such a way that uh you know that that it it, it makes makes that authentic yet fun for an adult person to play that character so you yeah there's one one girl who's basically a science whiz and and what does she do you know she and, her, and a bunch of her friends assuming that you actually play the friends they they have a mech <laughs> so here's oh. a five-year-old with a mech okay so that's fun for the players it does you know the, the kids are you know, the, in the sense they 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 like the mech of course you know, but it's not really important to their relationships to each other. Okay, uh, uh, so I, I'm just saying is that you know when you set up your relationships, it's it, there's two there's two things that have to be important. One is you have to realize that they're being played by adults, and secondly, the adults have to understand what it's like to be a teenager. And and we need to talk about how things being a teenager is different. Okay, uh, the truism of all YA literature. Okay is it all revolves around the first time. The first time for everything, really, but essentially there's a couple of first times that have to happen. Your life experiences are incomplete. So it could be the first time you've been away from home. It could be the first time you've uh, uh, ever interacted uh, in a social setting with the ob you know uh, 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 someone you're attracted to it could be the first time you have to deal with like say a, uh, an, uh, an aggressive gang okay who might not like you okay it could be the first time you deal with somebody of a different race or um, ethnic background or even um, uh, language you know the first time that you uh, uh, well I, I've forgotten what the next one was but anyways 
you see there's the characters are going to be and, and of course the, the the crux of it is it's the first time you've had to deal with your superpower yeah so you know and and, and that's going to be the core question but these other ones are all very important because you're otherwise you're going to have all these you know 14 year olds who, who basically act like you know they're 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 in their late 20s you know <laughs> and and you know without and everything's going to be you know like oh yeah that's no big deal when in fact is it's a huge deal that that's kind of the thing that it is is that when we have us adults okay we're gonna do a teen campaign as much as we would like to sit there and go back to that time in our lives to be hey i'm 15 again and one, let's face it, a lot of us, our teenage years weren't all that great. And two, we have been tempered by often decades of experiences which now alter what it was like to have been 15. And we've toughened so, up. Yeah, uh, toughened up. And, and there are just some people who, like me, I would just rather forget my teenage years. High school is one of the most miserable times in my life. I was glad to get out of high school. So it's like, there are just some people, it's like, they may not want to play a teen campaign just because they don't want to go back there right well we are assuming they do want to play otherwise yeah yeah i i I'm, but, but i'm i'm still um it's that our experiences us trying to play teenagers no matter how well we do it's still going to be tempered by the often decade or more of experience having since lived as an adult right so there's going to be a bit of a disconnect there right right okay so you know in order to be to allow yourself to be vulnerable, you know, which is much along the lines of the same, of our discussion about how to do horror, because the essence of playing a horror campaign is is that the characters have to be vulnerable, otherwise they'll never be afraid. Okay, so you know, you're as a teen, you should be afraid of something you haven't experienced before. Okay, and uh, we should all be very part, you know, should be very clear in your backstory. Uh, but in order to manage that, in order to be able to press forward and 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 be authentic to that you need to have the other players provide you with loyalty because that's something we all yeah. wanted to happen you know in our teenage years and a lot of us didn't get that you know we wanted we wanted somebody to to be our best friend we wanted maybe the older boy to stand up for us we wanted the could be the older girl you know to actually act like what a big sister, you know, supposed to be like instead of the one we might have had yeah. who was not supportive, who was too busy dealing with her, his or her own problems to worry about, you know, tag along. Okay, so, you know, yeah. So you need you need that as part of the campaign. Is that there has to be. You know, you have to provide that to each other. You have to, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, everyone's like, well, what is it? Be a whole goody two-shoe bunch and stuff like that. Well, no, I mean, you can still be edgy. You can still be edge lords. We're not saying you can't. But what we're saying, though, is, is that, you know, when, you know, when push comes to shove, there should be a point where you say, okay, you know, I've got to get involved now. This is, this is somebody that for some reason I have a connection to, you know, and I, and I don't want, and I, and I'm tired of seeing, seeing them get wiped on the floor by people who aren't any better than they are, aren't any, certainly any better than me. So there needs to be that, that point where you know you're will you're gonna you're gonna step up and that has to be yeah. part of the game you know people have to know that they're going to do it now you know i mean uh, you know i i don't think that as soon as you go into school you know i mean they were really strong with this in harry potter because you know the whole harry potter armani um uh, ron 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 thing i mean they they were practically like you know welded it to hip you know except for the fact that hermione kept thinking that the boys were stupid but yeah. you know they, they were all like welded hip by the end of the very first movie so it was uh and that may not happen in an actual campaign that's you know you may you know you may feel this connection to them because especially the gm's going to provide you with opportunities to interact with each other toward fulfilling a goal Okay, which and uh, uh, which you know, and that you have to talk about. We'll have to talk about what kind of a camp superhero teen campaign this is going to be. You know, so uh, but I'm, I'm just saying is that you need to have some kind of loyalty. Okay, going on between them. You know that you can act like you hate each other. Yeah. You know, and 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 be super competitive with each other, but there still has to be a kind of a basic 
decency that you know if i let you know if i if this goes on i'm going to feel bad about myself and you know a self-love is going to step in and force you to do something you know to yeah it's along the lines of um okay nobody can beat up on this guy but me you're taking him on no i'm going to turn i'm going to turn you into something resembling blood soup yeah i pick on him i'm the only one who gets to do that yeah yeah first you got to beat me then you can pick on him and now the old rick flair quote comes to mind yeah in order to be the man you got to beat the man yeah <laughs> ow that's that's that sounds painful but hey we are talking about superheroes and and stuff like that okay so i also found another example and i was trying to dig through and of course it's like oh crap what was the name of that again have you ever heard of the book the comic book ps 238 yes okay that is another example i only read a few issues of it but i did read some the yeah the the second wife it's somewhere here in my apartment it was hard to find it it was a it was an independent comic and and none of my local stores carried it yeah uh do gooder press is who originally did it um aaron wood Williams is the guy who created it, and it was just, they picked from every superhero trope. Some of them were just blatant. It's like, yeah, that's Superman. Okay, that's Batman. Okay, that's Wonder Woman. Yeah. And just, it was in a school situation. Yeah. And let's see the name of the school real quick. Uh, okay. Rainmaker program. PS 238 was opened as an alternative program geared toward those with superpowers deemed unfit for superheroics. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, you had one boy who can make anything into an edible substance. Uh, another one, a boy whose drawings come to life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It sounds like the, oh God, wild cards. Right. Well, wild cards yeah. was, was a, was an early superhero type world but it didn't cover the this this idea of an academy deuces that's was the name of the people in wild cards with the less than what's your superpower i can change the color of fruit i can make that orange purple and it would still be an orange wow (laughs) yeah that that's what i was trying to okay it's like drawings come to life yeah, that's a power of a deuce in wild cards. But yeah, PS238 is another example of young kids and teens who are in a school educational type setting trying to get through life and control their powers. Yeah, I was trying to find this while you were talking. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, the same group, the uh, same publisher that did the Nodwick comic. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, God, there, there's one other thing. But yeah, there's. I'll probably find it later. Um, but no, as far as... As far as uh, teens, yeah, it, it is true that when, and in, in high school, we all went through it, the cliques, and and I'm sure the nerds, the jocks, the 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 wannabe criminals slash stoners, you know, the people, the kids that were out past the spray painted line and they were smoking all the time, uh, the cheerleaders, the honor students, you had all of those. And it's trying to and you tried to fit into that group to belong and you that that's something else i could see is really something that could be portrayed in these types of games and it again that that's going to be something that you could just sit there and dig in your own member going oh yeah what was i again oh yeah i was the 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 jock yeah okay i can oh okay i can play a brick and i want to join you know this you know the weightlifting team at this you know, mutant high or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do notice that socialization and a sense of belonging, like you had said, and the best way to describe that would be the cliques we all had to deal with in high school. Well, that's and one of me- the reasons why some of those cliques existed was yeah. to to give that sense of belonging, usually in a parasitic fashion, you know, because usually there was one person that was granting all of the the acceptance, okay? Yeah. You yeah. know, and you had to, you had to, do whatever that person you know wanted you to do. So um, you know that, in order that to be could, accepted, yeah, you came off as you know either a, a kiss up or a sycophant or whatever you know to right just to gain this person's attention. Yeah, and, and sports was usually a positive thing because you had older students who had developed their skills in that area who could who could yeah. mentor you and you you you'd be accept you know you they they'd haze you of course you know a little bit but um you know they would you were part of the group you were fully part of the group even if you weren't the star players okay and you know that and there were and that's what they had clubs and things like that so you know any kind of a, a high school is going to have the you know these this kind of club 
type behavior. You know, uh, the negative side are what we refer to as clicks. The positive side is just, you know, whatever group has a specific interest that's drawing you in to spend your time there. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, the, and so everybody, you know, if you're a player, you know, everybody's going to, ex you should expect to join at least one group, you know, simply because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, once they see what, see your superpower, okay, they're going to say, hey, that would be great, you know. In some cases, it would be bad. It's like if you if your superpower is super speed, okay, then the football team is not going to want you because um, if they, uh, well, unless they only, like, they only scrimmage with themselves you see what i'm saying yeah uh, because any other team out there you would be in a sense have an unfair advantage yeah so they wouldn't want you to do that you know so uh but uh you know having the ability to write really really fast and being part of the uh student council <laughs> you know taking notes would be really great you know yeah uh and uh but or somebody who's you know, on the school newspaper, you know, being able to, you know, type really fast or do, do computer type work, you know. So anyways, the point is that you, you know, whatever power you have, there's probably going to be some means of leveraging it toward the goals of a particular, uh, you know, uh, group. Uh, if you had, if you had the ability of sound amplification, for example, then I imagine that the uh, the local uh, singing group, whether it's a chorus, whether it's uh, a cappello or whatever, they would love to have somebody who's basically a walking boombox to amplify them, so they can get performances wherever they want to go. I mean, that would be you. You would be considered very valuable to them. So you know, it's part of. Part I think part of the the game would be you deciding which group you want to throw in with, either because of completely unrelated to power reasons, you know, like you're attracted to somebody, or um, you you're under the mistaken impression that it's something that you're really already really good at, so you want to put any effort into it, but then it turns out that you misunderstood what the group was about, <laughs> uh, which you see that in a lot of anime. Uh, or, like I said, you're saying, hey, I could really contribute to this group because either I'm a, a singer or I'm a craftsman or my power somehow interfaces <coughs> with what they're trying to do in a way that is really, really, really helpful. So, uh, and then they'll they'll give me praise uh, for being so helpful. And, uh, and of course, teenagers love praise. Uh, matter of fact, adults love praise. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not special about that, but you know it's one of the first times when somebody other than your parents, you know, would be praising you for. You feel like you're being accepted more by the world at large. But it also because it's not coming from your parents, it feels more authentic to you. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. we all know, you know, everyone's grandma thinks the world of them. I mean, oh, you yeah. you could be an axe murderer, and grandma still bakes you cookies and kisses you on the cheek. Okay, <laughs> but when everybody uh, you know makes your your special cake on your birthday because you're a a valued member of the team, it 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 feels more impactful. Okay, yeah. so and the GM really should be looking for opportunities to show to praise the. The, the players, you know, for whatever they're doing, because, you know, that's, again, part of being a, a teen is you're seeking acceptance. You're seeking um, uh, uh, success. Validation. Val yeah, validation. Well, validation, but also acceptance in a group and also proof that you are, in fact, becoming competent. Because uh, as um, I've explained uh, in other uh, uh, other opportunities, there are four levels of competence, okay? There is unconsciously incompetent, which is where you don't know how bad you are, yeah. okay? Then you have uh, con uh, consciously incompetent, where you know how bad you are, but sometimes you still have to try. Yeah. Then we have consciously competent, which is where you know that if you're really, really careful and you pay really, really attention, you can actually succeed at what it is you're trying to do. And then you have the unconsciously competent, where you just do it like it's second nature. Yeah. It's almost it, like a savant ability, and I'm not sure. Well, everybody. How that no, you don't need to be. I mean, savants is great. Some people yeah. are that way. They're basically they start off, you know, uh, un unconsciously 
competent. There's cases of people who are, um, you know, they have met, uh, mental uh, disabilities, and yet they can sit down uh, and play on the piano an entire piece of music that they've never heard before, and they didn't, and, and they've never, were never taught to play the piano. Yeah. Okay, well, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying that as an autistic person, there was the term back in the day for an ability like that, and it is a term, I will use the term, folks, knowing full damn well it is no longer in vogue in any way, shape, or form. Idiot savant, where the person can barely tie their shoes, but they can draw a flawless picture of the New York skyline, or they can do the piano piece, or they could take apart and reassemble an entire car engine. But other than that, they really can't do anything else and that would that would be a, a far far extreme version of the unconsciously competent again i personally do not approve of the term idiot savant and just so that it's it's now a dead name type term but i get what you're saying is that it's just you pick up something and you do it like breathing and just, uh, they're like how what I'm, i don't know I just, right but i'm not what? saying it has to happen that way usually what happens is you start at the the unconscious the uh, the unconsciously incompetent Okay, and you work your way through to the unconsciously competent, where you just basically you're trained, you're competent, you're muscle it, memory. Yeah, it's it's yeah. you know it's a, like a profession for you. Okay, yeah. I don't I sit in front of the computer and I start typing. I don't have to think about what letters my fingers know where to go. You know, it's I'm unconsciously competent in typing. All yeah. right, so and and when I do think about it, I slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Because then all oh, of a sudden I, I'm... To this day, I still do, okay, ASDFJKL semicolon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took that typing class back yeah. in junior high back in like 1983. Yeah. yeah. You look at my keyboard and most of the letters have been worn off <laughs> of the keys. My hand, I literally don't look at the keyboard. I just look at what I have to type. So okay, and, just, just out of curiosity, how fast do you type? I don't know because... Um, well, I mean, I think I did about 35 words per minute uh, back when I was in high school, when I was actually trying to learn. Uh, but, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm talking about, you know, doing it without making any mistakes. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I can type a lot faster if I'm willing to make mistakes. Uh, but it's, uh, but see, my job as a computer programmer is mostly thinking. So I'm, yeah. I'm basically, I'm thinking, type, type some stuff. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Type some stuff. So I'm not doing a whole page of anything. You know, okay. it's only so. when I'm writing, and a lot of time I'm like, I'm, I'll write, I'll, I'll type a paragraph, stop, think about what I want to say next. You know, until, unless you get into that, you know, the zone. In which case, yep. you're just typing. You're like, no, we're not going to worry about mistakes. We're just going to go because it's flowing out, and we just want to get it on to the screen and saved. You know, yeah. be before oh, we. Yeah. Oh God, I th I I think with with errors, and this was again like 1983. I think with errors for me, I was like 80, and without errors, I got down to maybe 65. That's very good. You know, yeah. A, 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 a competent professional typist is expected to do at least 60 words per minute. Oh no, I um, bad kitty co-creator of my show, legal secretary for the past 25 years. No, easily 135 words a minute. But she's also been typing for like 30 years now. So yeah, it's just. Yeah, and it's that's through just training and having to write legal briefs for lawyers all over the Detroit area. So right, yeah, right. You know, and, and as you say, muscle memory. So yeah. you have some of these big words, and her fingers just type them like it's nothing. Okay, the rest of us would have to do this syllable by syllable. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So and, and and when you type, you can you notice that where it's like you'll you'll your fingers will move in spurts because you know you you you. You, you know how to type certain words so because they're so common yeah. that you know it's the is when you get to the words that are less familiar those that's where it slows you down but you know it's also whether or not you're typing as in being creative or you're just looking at a page and just copying what's on the page so yeah I can type a lot faster when all I'm doing is copying what's on a page but anyways uh, the uh, so I'm just saying is that your your characters and, and you know we we kind of model that by saying you know in the in the game systems we use because the chances of the failure are really high at the beginning because you only have a few levels in it okay so it's actually almost assumed that if you make the attempt you're going to fail at it okay to the point where it's like you know unless I roll 
a nat, you know, like uh, a a one or uh, a one hundred. You know, assuming that you're trying to roll low. You know, certain circumstances, you you're always going to succeed. That's the competently, uh, unconsciously competent. You know, and only and and then rolls only make sense at that point to determine whether or not you can get it done faster, yeah. you know, than normal. Or when you're in opposed situations where you're trying to overcome, you know, uh, some action that the other person is doing, you know, or you're in a super high stress situation that might, you know, undercut your um, ability to just do what yeah. should be, you know, natural. I told my son, you know, when we I was teaching him how to drive, uh, I said that driving is a uh, a series of well-rehearsed critical decisions. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I said, that's why you need to practice. That's why you need to get out here and get in the car and drive around because you need to get used to making those critical decisions because if you make the wrong decision, there's going to be an accident, okay? And it can happen at any time, you know, so because the other people around you, you can't trust them. <laughs> you have no, no, to no, that's how I was taught. Yeah. You drive... What, what are the words that, well, this would be my daughter's late grandfather, my first ex-father-in-law, drive as if everybody else out there is trying to kill you. <laughs> just, that sounds a little too stressful, but okay. Well, he was a cop, you know, just, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that had something to say in his, but no, I was taught to drive defensively. And, right. Well, let, let's face it, your weather is a lot more benign than mine is up here. So yeah, it's, I, I, I deal with a, a lot of times a lot worse road conditions than you do. Right. And yeah. I was told the best way to learn how to drive is with a stick in the snow. You you do that, you can drive anywhere on the planet. Okay. Um, usually the worst conditions are in in bad snow with an automatic or a manual transmission. All right. And yeah, I, uh, I I'm I'm not I'm not going to question it, you know. I Yeah. I, uh so but in this game in this uh campaign we're talking about yeah. The other people around you have superpowers that they may not have full control over. So you're literally, every, the person next to you could explode on you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's it it creates a lot more tension in the in in the day to day life. You know, even if that person, you know, is in every regards an okay person. Okay, it doesn't mean that they can't slip up or something can't trigger them or you know they just. They just overreact. And when they overreact, sometimes it can be uh, dangerous or embarrassing or, you know, uh, yeah. uh, just painful. I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing Dr. Evil yell, people die! Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it can be other things too. Like, for yeah. example, yeah. Uh, you know, in, in the, uh, I, though I, I did not like this, uh, in the second um, uh, Fantastic Four movie, Sue Storm, because she's nervous, suddenly her clothing starts disappearing. Yeah. Okay, that could be really embarrassing in a high school situation. Okay, so... Uh, I thought I thought it was exploitative in the film. I wish they hadn't done it, you know. And certainly, this would be something that you would not want to do uh, in this campaign because you know yeah, it's yeah yeah because that's that's one of those things that follows you. But yeah, everybody, you know, there's probably going to be an incident, uh, you know, and that's where the next thing I want to talk about is is that the dark secret. Okay, uh, this is where it's important to learn how to make friends, you know, and to find people you can trust because sooner or later, there's going to be a dark secret that has to come out. Okay, and it, it makes your characters more interesting. That's why I'm recommending that it happen. And in most cases, this is a flaw, you know, or 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 something like that, a fatal fatal flaw in in a sense of personality, or it's a flaw, you know, in like other things so it could if it has to do with your superpowers it could be that the first time your superpowers manifested this happens or it could be that every time your superpowers manifest something happens um you know something like you get flop sweat yeah uh or uh your uh, uh your hairs all the your your hairs all grow a quarter of an inch every time you use your powers. And so most of the time, nobody notices. Because every once in a while, you just have to go get your, get, get your hair cut more often. But when you start training harder, all of a sudden, you know, you start getting a little shaggy. And if you're a girl, yeah. then, you know, the waxing problem becomes can, can become severe. So yeah. it's, uh, I'm just saying, something like that. 
Uh, or, uh, I mean, the classic, of course, is the first time my powers went off, I killed my brother. Yeah. Or I killed my mom. Or I killed my dad. Or, you know, or I killed the dog. Okay, which, and more, more people will judge you more for killing the dog than for killing your brother. Yeah. So I'm just saying, everyone should have one of those kinds of things. And probably you're going to pick something that's embarrassing rather than tragic. Well, I mean, you have, uh, oh, we'll use the perfect example. Um, Rogue, her power kicked in and she absorbed her prospective boyfriend's personality and put him into a coma. So she had to run off to, you know, and found Wolverine. And okay, we know the movie, the rest is history. It's a 23-year-old movie, no spoiler here, people. But yeah, that's her dark secret is that she put Billy Joe, whoever, into a coma because this power that she cannot control at all, and she now has to keep herself from all human contact, physical contact, almost killed somebody she was beginning to really care about. And that that's her dark secret. Or the other one is, and I've seen this trope many times, I think Wart, well, I don't know if it was, well, it's a secret to outsiders, not to the team. New Mutants, Warlock, the weird-looking techno-organic black-and-yellow thing. Its father was a being known as Magus, who basically wanted to take over Earth, and Warlock was here to get away from him. And that's Warlock's dark secret. Yeah, my dad is this entity that wants to destroy humanity. But I'm hiding here right now so he doesn't find me because I don't want to follow in dad's footsteps, you know. Yeah, usually when I see dark secret, it's not so much... My powers did this. It's someone from my past. Like my father, who I got my powers from, is actually a supervillain. Or that's usually the dark secret I see. It has to do with a family member. Yeah. Just yeah. But you know, it, it, uh, and if you if one of, one of your characters is a telepath, it's quite quite likely that they're going to hear some, find out something that they shouldn't know about. Yeah. Okay. Or you know, and, and or you'll find that people think hurtful things that they don't say out loud, and they can, yeah. and they think that about other people. They think that about themselves. They think that about you. And you know, you're a young person who's not used to not reacting, or you know, maybe that's why you're so cool and collected all the time. Is is that you're basically just walled up? No, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to react. I'm not going to react. Because if I do, then I'm going to let someone know that I know their, you know, their dark yeah. secret, you know. And if they do know that I know, they might do something to me about it. Yeah. And so, you know, being a telepath is a real two-edged sword kind of thing. Uh, so. Because, yeah, usually the trope that I see with those with telepathic powers like Jean Grey back in the day with the X-Men is that they have to wall up because they're getting it from everybody at once around them. Yeah, it's like I have thoughts filtering in constantly everyone from the next door neighbors to the dog to my parents yelling in the bedroom to my brother, you know, sneaking out. And I can't stop them. So they have to wall up just to function. Yeah, which is why most people who pick telepath is going to say, I have to activate the power. It's yeah. not, it doesn't just sit there and do that. But when you do activate the power, there's a good chance that you're going to pick up something you shouldn't. So, you know, it's, it, it, that's the way for the GM to, to, to kind of do that. And, you know, there's, and of course, you know, if you if your 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 deal is super strength or super speed, you've probably run into something or you've crushed something, you know, and uh, it, it could have been valuable to somebody, you know, maybe you like, you know, took the you know the the, the school's trophy for, and crushed it <laughs> accidentally yeah. because someone oh, tried like someone tried to take it away from you and you held on to it too hard. Yeah. The um, two things I'm thinking about, Man of Steel 2013 or 2012, the young boy playing Clark Kent, he's there being threatened by the kids and Pete Ross helps him up. And you see where young Clark squeezed that fence post because he wasn't about to lash out. Then it's the, the Batman and Robin DC animated uh, movie Super Sons, where it has Jonathan Kent and Damian Wayne eventually going up against Starro. Yeah, Jonathan's getting picked on because he's wearing a Superman-like shirt kid messes with him because he 
Jonathan lost the baseball game because Clark wasn't there. And he pushes this kid back about 15 feet. And he just looks at his hand like, holy crap. And of course, the guy's clutches chest. His friends are helping him up. And yeah, and it's just these these outbursts of powers that either you get away with not nobody seeing them or you do. And it's just everybody is more they're more concerned that you stop the bully than. Yeah, the guy's not picking on anymore. No, that guy, that kid over there just threw the bully 15 feet through the air. The scene in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire and, you know, he's got his powers and Flash is trying to, uh, Flash Thompson's trying to punch him and he's just like moving in slow motion and flipping over him in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. In the original yeah. comic, uh, he, one of the, he doesn't realize he has powers until he goes yeah. out and something happens and he swings his hand and hits a light pole and shears it off. Oh, yeah, and no, and, and everyone's like, "Wow, you know, you know, what, a, what, a, you know, what a crappy piece of of equipment, uh, city equipment." No one yeah. says, "No one says that skinny teenager over there has superpowers." Right? You know? Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. he just he just looks like, "What well, did that happen?" You know? You know? And they 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 and they laugh at him, you know, and, and say, you know, yeah, he says you'll never do that again. <laughs> So, yeah, you have these mini eruptions of powers, and if you're lucky, it gets attributed to something else. Oh, that was a weak wall, or, oh, you know, you know, the kid got, you know, he managed to, you know, oh, didn't know Kung Fu, he threw that guy 10 feet, that must have been a Tai Chi move or whatever, and it's, you know it usually is waved off as that. But then you do get these tragic cases where I use my power and I killed somebody or severely hurt them. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license, no commercial reproduction, and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. You can listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on DementiaRadio.org. Also, the professor and I are each now on Twitch. For me, it's twitch.tv slash trav31369, Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, with campaign notes. The professor is at twitch.tv slash professorpixie. Please check her page for time and date.